Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi-Williams. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Michael Barr is out today, but that does not stop us. Today, Evan, we begin with the Olympics. The big topic. I mean, they're over. We know that. How much did you watch? Uh, I watched a lot. I would think that in terms of So this is good because we're on opposite scales. I I didn't watch a lot. In the Olympic watching population, I would say I'm I'm top 95%. I I love the Olympics. You were into curling. Into curling. I knew you'd watch that. You probably watched some hockey, Watch women's and men's. Most of the hockey stayed up for both the final games, okay. uh, which both ended in the in the 2 o'clock a.m. range here on the East Coast. You're not bothered by the tape delay stuff? Uh, I don't I don't watch much of the tape delay stuff. Okay, so, so if you know I the result, the then you're stuff out. At 8 okay. o'clock. Uh, if the games were interesting, curling matches or hockey matches that went late in the night, I would watch those as well. Um, it looks like you're more of the of the majority than I am. If I look at the ratings, uh, they went down about 10%. This is going to be the, the least watched Olympic Games ever, I believe. Um, NBC is in the middle of a, of a $12 billion contract that spans 10 Olympics. Uh, are you happy if, if you're NBC with, with the results you saw? Well, you sold a whole lot of ads. Mm-hmm. You Rec- got record a amount of ads, record amount of ads. Million. You got to promote your primetime lineup. You got people even more used to some of your other properties because things were on NBCSN. You got to move it around. So you're probably happy, especially when the narrative, the entire, let's say, NFL season, for lack of a better term, uh, has been everything's down. Everything across TV is down. So you'd have to be somewhat surprised if. You learn that the executives at NBC, Mark Lazarus and the boys and the ladies, were thinking this was going to go up. Sure. Especially with the location and the time change. And if you look at the projections they put out before the games, uh, they beat those projections. And a lot of people felt like those were totally lowballed. Uh, but they did come in ahead. And that's given some strong headwinds, right? The, the United States team didn't do all that well from an overall medal count, which is critical for NBC. Uh, and there was no NHL players in the hockey men's hockey portion, uh, which and is yet, the you know crown what? jewel uh, of the NBC I found it compelling when the USA was playing for quarterfinals, they lost to Germany. But I actually found a compelling parts we did watch when Germany beat Canada, and then they were close with the Olympic athletes from Russia. That, that, that was compelling TV. Sure, but that you're a hockey fan, right? I think for, for the majority of the TV-watching population, the ones NBC cares about, uh, Germany upsetting Canada in the semifinals doesn't do as well as, as a United States team packed with NHL All-Stars that's going to make it to the to the gold medal game every year. So big winner. And I think as someone who didn't watch a lot, I had to see what to came what winner is. to me. I don't think it's even close. And this is funny because this wasn't a matter of winning gold medals. The, the people who were the big winners didn't seem to walk away with the big medal hall. But to me, it's Adam Rippon. Can, can we get Adam Rip on a sponsorship? <laughs> I mean, what do like, we got to do for this guy? Well, he was practically begging sponsors. Like, I don't even care about what it is. I just like money. But Honest. Yeah, he's on. I like it. He's refreshing. And it's just like, I know who he is. And whether it was the controversy with the vice president, mm-hmm. but he got a lot of airtime away from his discipline. It wasn't just with him skating. Then he was the studio host. Then he was on the Access Hollywood. He was on the news. The The guy was omnipresent <laughs> throughout the games, and he's the name that sticks in my head. It's kind of like the Apollo Anton Ono approach, right? Where, where it might not work as well as expected on the ice itself, but if you can make the rounds back on TV, if you can get on 
so you think you can dance or you know an adam rippon could be on one of those shows i think it's dancing with the stars stars. i mean there is a show the other one but i think you're looking for dancing with the stars yeah uh (laughs) yeah there's a lot of media opportunities for guys like adam rippon who are media savvy people seem to like them regardless of whether or not they have olympic medals to to, to the list of winners i would also add the women's hockey team yeah and that was my second the women it's right here it's like come on i'm looking women's hockey team (laughs) you're gonna see them all over the place from cereal boxes to morning shows to, to advertisements i mean they're they are going to be, I think, the big American takeaway stars of the games. Yeah, and how about Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir? I continue to think they're Love winners them. all the time. Love them. Yeah, they're so versatile. You can uh, let me see them host Access Highlight or something else. Yeah, the the numbers of the the suitcases they brought is one of my favorite stats of the Olympics. What Johnny Weir brought brought in nine suitcases and she brought seven, and, and he said the difference was because her her clothing is smaller. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Love they, it. well yeah, I mean, simple, easy, makes sense. All right, let's turn to college basketball. And we've heard trickles of bad news, FBI Ugh. investigation. So now Arizona's coach, Sean Miller, is reportedly on some wiretap agreeing to pay or talking about paying a player $100,000. Me, I, I yawn. I, okay, a coach paid a premier recruit. Think about what a number one guy like a Carmelo Anthony meant for Syracuse in terms of donations, in terms of exposure, applications. By the way, this has got nothing to do with sports business, but I think I saw somewhere the other day that Syracuse is now going up to $70,000 a year all in. Just Jeez. Let's see what my student fee is at work there. Uh, they're not getting anything from me. But Sean Miller, Arizona, what do we make of it? Yeah, it's funny. You, you can never pay the top guys what their requisite value is. You know, Markel Fultz, the number one pick in the NBA draft, I think he's making $11 million over his first two years in the NBA. I'm trusting the process on so him. So you're never, these guys that are good enough to jump to the NBA but can't because of the, the eligibility rules, you're never going to, no matter how much a college is willing to open up or no matter how much a manager or a shoe company is willing to pay, you're never going to get your actual value. Uh, but as we've talked about on this show, this stuff happens everywhere. It happens across college basketball the few leaks we've seen coming out of the fbi's investigation it certainly sounds like this is something that is they're finding at a number of the Let's top name some of the programs schools. would you i mean everybody duke. always starts with duke i mean Kentucky. this is coach shashevsky sure. coach k he is not, is he not the beacon of virtue of college athletics sure and this is so there's two investigations and i think sometimes the public mixes them up there's the fbi investigation in which people are being charged with actual crimes and and we've seen the 11 of them so far uh, and it does sound like it's going to stop there it doesn't really sound like the fbi is really going to go after criminal charges for a lot of these other people but the result of that criminal investigation is going to be the ncaa's subsequent investigation in which they have to come to terms with the fact that as you said these pillars these hall of fame coaches these these blue blood programs all of them are guilty of violating the same ncaa rules and we've seen this time and time again the ncaa has to adapt and mark emmert seems to be saying that he will Uh, but there's going to have to be dramatic drastic changes to the way that the ncaa allows students to come from high school to college and then to the pros. I'm glad that you had more to say after drastic changes because I was yawning for those two seconds. <laughs> I mean, stop me if I've heard this point. Is Mark Emmert, is he being a leader here? Is he being a follower? Is he being forced 
into this. I mean, the NCA needs change. You don't say. Sure. <laughs> and, and now it's like he the most comes resistant to change organization that I think we've seen in in sports. Um, and he's getting pressure from from the antitrust side from a legal standpoint with Jeff Kessler's lawsuit. He's getting pressure from a business side as people stop going to football games and media rights maybe go down. Now there's pressure from a paying players and and, and their true value uh, side. There's a lot. There's a lot of things going on here. And his goal is to keep the whole thing together. He has to preserve amateurism because if they lose that, they lose the entire thing. The whole thing comes down. But we and, just talk about the underground economy. If there's sure. so much money, and we know the players are the product. And you need the good ones to get on TV and to go to the postseason, and that's how the coaches get their X million dollar contracts. And but what was I reading about Sean Miller? And you always pay close attention to coaching contracts. That he could make more money. Is this writers? And I clear it up if you if you do know it. Mm. That he can make more money if he's fired for cause, which means he's done something wrong. Than if he's just fired because I'd say the team doesn't win. Yeah, the, if you read the contract, it's a little ambiguous. The school has said that they do not interpret it that way, that they believe there is an intent on both parties. There is an understanding in Arizona law that if you're fired for cause, uh, your base salary stops the moment you're fired. That's what they're banking on. But but you're right in the in the overall theme in that part of this problem is that there's so much money being made Schools can't give it to players, obviously. They end up giving it to coaches. These contracts are so saturated. We have seen coaches in the past get huge lump sums of money, even if they are fired for cause. Uh, Rick Pitino, obviously, is going through a fight with Louisville right now, fired for kind of the exact same thing for for his role in potentially funneling money to players. Uh, There is millions and millions of dollars going into coaches' contracts now because they can't go to players. And that may be one of the things we do see shift. If the NCAA loosens its rules, figures out a way to have high school kids or or college kids have agents, figure out some way for them to get paid, maybe for their name, likeness, and image, whatever it is, uh, that could have a huge market correction on coaches' contracts. I'm always amazed by this, the the furor that comes up when we talk about one and done. I mean, how many athletes are we really talking about here? These guys who have a real chance. It's almost like, you know the insurance that, that these kids can take out? They have to be judged as to whether or not they have a realistic possibility of going pro to be eligible for. You know, there's the kind of a, a body that looks and says, evaluates the player and says, yes, you qualify. You have a chance at going pro. Imagine if you just had the same thing for sort of an overall body of work where you can take financial literacy, nutrition, health and science, things that are aimed at what you're hoping to do. That could be part of your curriculum, but doesn't seem it's, it's even that way. Yeah, and there's going to be, I don't know if you saw Sharif O'Neal, Shaq's, uh, yeah, Shaq's, Shaq's son. son, who decommitted from Arizona in the wake of this. Uh, I think there's going to be some massive ripple effects uh, that are going to affect a lot of these programs, as we see, and I would assume we're going to see more, a little bit more leaks, some more details coming out about what exactly the FBI has in their hundreds of thousands of hours of, of wiretaps of, of, of agents and managers. Uh, there's a lot more that's going to come out, and it's going to have these these seismic ripples from, from recruiting on down. I think Bob Muller's going to take this over when he's got some free time. I'm on, I'm on board yeah, for it. So much of the money comes from the television networks. CBS is one of them. They show the tournament along with Turner. And CBS is doing what everybody else is doing, a new OTT service. But, yeah, but, but here's the big but. <laughs> There's no games. They're showing like news, highlights. I, I don't know who's going there. Obviously, they're not giving up any of the core stuff on TV, so that's fine. And they're looking for ways to drive revenue. This is another platform 
okay, I'm just struggling with, and you're closer to millennial than I am, you may even be one, uh, who's going to watch this? If I have my phone and I've got Twitter and I've got, I, I get highlights, I get news, what, what am I being given? It's a great question. Uh, it's, it's clear, as you said, that CBS does not want to undercut the, the main product, the live sports that you're going to see on linear TV. Uh, but if this is just a, a rival to SportsCenter, which which many have tried and uh, none of it have taken on uh, in, in the way that ESPN's product But even SportsCenter doesn't has. work anymore. We've seen that. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't have an answer for you. No, I, give me an answer. <laughs> I would imagine that there's a media executive somewhere that, that can say, hey, just having the thing, um, CBS, the, their sports network, uh, probably averages a million do- a million viewers for some of their programming. If you can get part of that to sh- switch over to digital, if you can get an advertiser or two uh, to, to, to invest in it, I mean, they're, they're, it's, it's an ancillary revenue stream, regardless of whether it's bigger or not. The cost for putting it out there really isn't that big and if we get to a point in the future where cbs says hey you know maybe we need it's time to put some live games on the digital then they already have it up and running they have kind of the infrastructure for it already so this is the first step maybe it will lead to live games in the future who knows they're they're, one of their biggest sports properties is uh the ncaa basketball tournament maybe we'll see some live games there um the the master who knows there there, there are some there are opportunities there in the future don't even say it Uh, quickly this didn't get a lot of attention but matt walsh who played two games in the nba he led a group that bought the controlling interest in an australian basketball league team (laughs) and i mean with him is a swansea investor ex-nba player sean marion and this is the part that i find great the guys from barstool sports big cat i don't know the name the real names versus and henry lockwood and pft commenter i don't know what his real name is but what AEG, yeah, AEG bought a team two years ago. U.S. money going to Australia, affordable. Yeah, is, is this the new Premier League? Is, is this, this the new something that U.S. money looking elsewhere because the price point to entry here in the big time is so prohibitive? Sure, and I had no, I don't know enough about the Australian and New Zealand TV market to know if they're ready for a boom, uh, whatever it is. But it certainly is an intriguing uh, ownership group. I can't wait to see what the Barstool guys do with this. So anyway, this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Scott Soshnick, along with Eben Novi-Williams. We are here each and every Monday and Friday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with Seattle Seahawks cornerback Richard Sermon. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online as an Apple podcast on iTunes. Bye.